So good morning, Eastside family. We want to let our children ages four through third grade make their way in this direction to junior worship. Everybody else, take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 12. As you're turning there, I want to remind you of a very important aspect of our our worship. It's the offerings that we bring to God, and we were making it possible for you to have four ways to worship God in this way. You can mail a check to the church address. You can give an automatic draft through your bank. You can go online to our website. Quick, easy instructions right there. The, there's a little box that says give. Or if you're, visit, if you're here in the auditorium, you can drop off your offering there at the table uh, at the exit on the way out. Those of you that are not with us uh, in person but are with us live streaming, we are absolutely honored and delighted to have you with us. You're just as much a part of our church family, even though you're not able to be here in person. And let us know that you're with us. That'd be very encouraging. And let's take our Bibles, as I said, and go to Luke chapter 12. We're going to pick up reading exactly where we left off last week, Luke 12, verse 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap, they have nor storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than birds? Verse 25. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Verse 27, consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that, is God, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things and your father knows that you need them. But seek first, seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, though there your heart will be also. On January 30th of of this year, Chelsea, Chesley, excuse me is her name, Chesley Christ, a former Miss USA, tragically, tragically died. And obviously, I, I didn't know her. I'd never heard of her before. I don't follow, and I haven't followed the Miss USA pageant since I was a child. Her story is not a local story. I I don't have much at all in common with her. But when I learned that this 30-year-old woman took her life, 
It just hit me. It struck me. She was Miss USA 2019. She was the, in the top 10 for Miss Universe. She had a law degree. She had an MBA. She had a TV show. She produced a fashion blog. She worked in reforming the American justice system. She did free legal work for prisoners whom she believed to have been sentenced unjustly. To look at her, you would say, she's living the dream. She's perfect. She's confident. She's secure. As the cliche goes, she had everything to live for. But three weeks ago, she leapt to her death from her 29th story, posh Manhattan apartment in New York. What storms were raging in her heart. Articles I read spoke of her battles with, with anxiety and depression. And how many of us to look at us this morning just look like we're living the dream. How many of us to look at us this morning seem to have it all together but in truth we're wrestling and battling with stress, with worry, and anxiety to the point of bring, being at the brink of a breaking point. Jesus' main point in our passage today, it's, it's not complicated to figure out. It's repeated five times. I mean, you can't miss it. Verse 22, do not worry about your life. Verse 25, who have you by worrying? Verse 26, why do you worry? Verse 29, do not worry. Verse 32, do not be afraid. But the worry that Jesus speaks of here, this is not a worry of do my socks match my jeans. This is a, this is a worry that refers to be troubled with cares, to be filled with anxiety. Literally, the word that Jesus used here, uses here, it's a word that means to be torn Torn apart on the inside. Not unlike, not unlike that word of, of, that we use today of being bipolar. One in five of us in this nation live with some form of a mental illness. That's millions and millions and millions. Millions of us suffer from anxiety disorders that interfere with daily activities. Millions of Americans experience panic attacks that interfere with daily activities that are, that are just disabling. And then our pandemic. Our pandemic is, is something far beyond just a virus that is threatening people's lives. From May 2020 to April 2021, that was like at the height of COVID, depression rates tripled and adults in all demographic groups and suicide attempts among young children and teenagers just skyrocketed. It's been crazy, hasn't it? I mean, it, it seems as though people are losing their minds thinking and acting and behaving in ways that, that are out of character, treating people in ways that are unkind, that are irrational, that are hateful, that are aggressive. Polite behavior 
that you used to expect on the airplane. Not as much so. There were 6,000 cases reported last year of unruly passenger behavior on airplanes. And two-thirds of those were over masks. Like, what's going on? A recent article in our local paper, The Gazette, showed how the murder rate across Colorado in 2020 was more than double that of 10 years ago. Of all the 50 states in our nation, Colorado has experienced the sharpest increase in the rate of property crime and the highest motor vehicle theft rate in the nation as well. And while there's a lot of things that contribute to the factors of this increase in crime rate, the article identified the societal disconnections, the dysfunctions and anxiety that stem from this pandemic is playing a, a, a vital call, being a part of the vital cause of these issues. Anxiety is crippling us. It's changing us. It's dividing us. It's killing us. With his opening words here in verse 22 of Jesus, he uses the word therefore. It kind of clues us into another one of these deep root causes of what's, what's at play here in our lives. Therefore, that Jesus uses it, it's a bridge from what he just said to what he's getting ready to say. And in the previous passage, which we looked at last week, Jesus warns against greed. And we, we notice the greed is this, this unquenchable, that means you just can't quench the thirst, an unquenchable thirst for more of this, this craving, a materialistic craving, this constant gnawing discontent with life. And so if you follow, therefore, this flow of thought, we see that wealth in our last week's study, wealth and worry in this week's study, wealth and worry go hand in hand. This gnawing discontent, constant gnawing discontent of greed, it leads to this perpetual state of anxiety. And that's crazy because we are the most, we're the most indulged we are the most comfortable. We are the most successful. We are the most lavish society with some of the best health care, if not the best health care in the world. The poorest of us are rich compared to the majority of the world's population in third world countries. But we're the most anxious society. The American way isn't making life better, but just the opposite. I tell you, I swear, there's part of me that wants to go to the southern border and say, you may want to rethink coming here. And not only does, does worry not add a single hour to our lives, that's what Jesus says in verse 25, but it's taking hours away from our lives, literally, and it's stripping us of happiness. So what are you worrying about? What's causing you anxiety? You know, some of the things that we worry about, some of the things that upset us, it says a lot about us. To some degree, some of these things show us how spoiled we are, how selfish we are. I was at a restaurant the other day. It took 
10 minutes for them to get the food to me. What is wrong with these people? I get in my car, it's cold, I turn on the seat warmers, the seat warmers don't work, I hate my life. I sit down just to watch a television show and the buffering thing interrupts us. I just want to take the the television and throw it out the window. I flew home from being with my dad and if they say one more time, put your mask over your nose, I'm just going to jump out of this plane. If those screens don't work anymore, I'm going to stop preaching right now. Don't say amen. Like, what's up with all that? It says something about us. Jesus says, what you worry about, well, it shows where your treasures are. It shows where your heart is. And, and as we saw last week with greed, so also worry, it's, it's an indication, I'm sorry, of, of your faith, of your lack of trust in God as Jesus states in verse 28 to those who worry, he says, you of little faith. Our greed and our worry, both of these, they say, um, I'm sorry, God, I, I don't trust you in most things. Oh, church, we desperately need a word from God on worry and anxiety. And it's not enough for me to say, so stop. <laughs> or let me just quote, Don't worry, it says it. All right, sermon over. Don't worry. Thankfully, Jesus does more than that in this passage. He gives us healing words that speak into our lives of worry and anxiety. Oh, I wish I could turn back time four weeks back. And I wish that Karen and I could have gone to Manhattan. And I wish that we could have met Chesley Christ in, in a cafe and started a conversation. And I wish that she could have opened up to us and shared with me and Karen about her, her battles with depression and anxiety and fear and despair. And I wish that Karen and I could have shared with her what I'm going to share with you this morning. Oh, uh, in your life groups, there's so much more to unpack. I'm going to, there's four things that Karen and I would have told her. We would have told her, first of all, your life has a greater purpose Jesus says in verse 23, life is more than. It's more than. It's more than food. And the body more than clothes. Do you hear that? Life is more than this. And we heard similar words to this last week in verse 15 where Jesus says in the parable of the rich fool, life does not consist in an abundance of possessions you exist for more than this if this is it if this is all that your life consists of then I understand 
And you have a reason to be depressed. You have a reason to be discouraged. You have a reason to be drowning in in anxiety because all of this is crazy. All of this is uncertain. All of this is unstable. Just look at COVID. And so Jesus says in verse 29, don't set your heart on this. Don't. Or you will live perpetually with worry. Verse 28, he says, all this is temporal. It's like the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into fire. You have it and then you don't and it's gone. Like that's depressing. But your life is more than this. Your life has a, a greater purpose. Your life has an eternal purpose. As Jesus states in verse 33, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. And no, we're not talking about Kate Spade or coach purses. So guys, when your husband say, Jesus says it right here, I need a new purse. That's not the point of this passage. The purse that Jesus is speaking of here is a treasure in heaven that will never fail. In God, you have something that will never, ever fail. Where no thief, Jesus says, comes near and no moth destroys. In God, you have something that cannot be taken away from you. You have a divine purpose and it's beyond food and clothes and whatever else in this world that is so temporal and fleeting. You were made for eternity, Jesus says. Birds aren't. Grass is not. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, we read, God, your creator, hey, he has set eternity in your human heart. That's how you were made. And I love the prayer of the 5th century philosopher and theologian, Augustine, who so wisely expressed these words, you have made us, speaking to God, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. And so Jesus says, set your heart on God and his kingdom. In verse 29, not on these things. Oh, if we had been in that cafe on that day, we'd have looked her in the eyes and said, oh, your life, your life has a greater purpose. And I don't know to whom God is speaking today, but it must be a lot of us, statistically speaking. Secondly, we would have told her, your life has a greater value. Notice in verse 24, Jesus says, and how much more valuable you are. How much more valuable you are. And he speaks of birds, then birds. And when the words consider the ravens at the beginning of verse 24, it's like Jesus has gone to the very bottom of the creature barrel to make his point. Because if you read Leviticus chapter 11, ravens were like nasty, unclean. You're not supposed to eat them. And Jesus says, yeah, but God loves them, values them, and takes care of them. How much more, therefore, valuable are you? In verse 28, it says, he, he cares about grass. Grass. 
Every, every blade of grass, every crow, every raven that ever lived, God wanted it to live. How much more does he want you to live? No bird was ever created in the image of God. You were. You were made in his likeness. You are the crown of his creation. No bird was ever recreated in the image of Christ. But you were. He came and paid his life for you. He did this for you. That's how valuable you are to him. Your value is not in your beauty. It's not in your body. It's not in your car. It's not in your possessions. It's not in your home. It's not in your accomplishments. It's not in your investments. Your worth and your value are rooted in God, your creator. And to him, you're incredibly valued. Thirdly, we would have told her, your life has a greater father. In verse 30, Jesus says, whatever it is that you need, he says, your father. He doesn't say the father. He says, your, hear that, your father, he knows that you need them. This is beautiful, verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock. Your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. You're worrying about food and clothes. He's given you his kingdom and all of its resources. I love the expression, he has been pleased to give you. It's like he's into it. That's what gets him excited. That's what he delights in. It's not like, all right, I created them. I got to take care of them. It's not that. He delights in. He has been pleased to care for you. And I love the expression where he refers to the, the, uh, us as a, a little flock. And that gives you the, the picture of him, the shepherd, and us as the sheep. And as we read earlier this morning in our, in our reading, in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I would suggest reading Psalm 23 every day as a daily dose for worry and anxiety. It's incredible. He nourishes us. He gives, feels our thirst and our hunger. You're never anywhere where he's not. He's leading us, guiding us, protecting us. Can you imagine Abigail Drexel, who's turning four at the end of this month? Can you imagine her just waking up through the night, worrying about what she's going to eat tomorrow? What's she going to wear? How's she going to get to ballet and dance practice? And all these things that are going to happen tomorrow. Abigail has a father, Scott who just absolutely adores her. How could, how could you not? And he cares for her. And there's never one moment in her life he'll ever, ever neglect her. Scott's a great dad. And he can do so much. But you got to know, you have an even greater father. 
Whatever it is that you're worrying about, whatever it is that is causing you anxiety, you have a loving Father. He's the eternal creator of the universe. You are His child. And He's like this attentive shepherd who knows all of your needs. And it gives Him pleasure to care for and to provide for you. Like what more could you ask for or want? Oh, you, your life has a loving Father And finally, we would tell her, your life has a a greater promise. We hear a lot of guarantees and promises in our world, but you can't be sure of your investment. You can't be sure of your job, you can't be sure of your health, you can't be sure of your marriage. You can't be sure of your children. You can't be sure of your house. You can't be sure of your vaccinations. You can't be sure of your mask. There's a lot the world guarantees and promises. But your life has a greater promise. It's certain and sure. Given to you by God your Father. Verse 31 but seek his kingdom. And these things, all these things that you need, all these things that you're worrying about, all these things that give you anxiety, but seek his kingdom and they will be given to you as well. He will provide. That is a promise from God. And so it really boils down to, do you trust God to keep his promises? And and think about it from the first day of creation and just back up from eternity. He's never broken one promise. He never has. He never will because he can't. It's just contrary to the essence of his character. I love Hebrews chapter 6. It says this faithful character that we worshiped with today in song and his, his unchanging nature that he can't break his promises. He says, you hold on to that because that's an anchor. That's the word he uses. It's an anchor that will hold you firm in the storms of life. You have a greater, your life has a greater promise. But the promise is conditional. We see this in verse 31. You must seek his kingdom but seek his kingdom and as you do so these things will be given to you as well so the question is how do we seek the kingdom of God so let me close with these two undergirding principles to Jesus kingdom economy how do you seek the kingdom and Jesus says well there's two ways first of all in verse 33 sell your possessions and give to the poor Of course he doesn't mean that. Or maybe he does. <laughs> maybe he does. So, so is, is this our homework? I would give you this as a, as a homework assignment to put into practice the teachings of Jesus. All these things that you have, all these things that you long for, that you have hoped for, that would provide happiness, but instead are bringing anxiety and worry to your life, go home this week and take something of value to you. I'm serious. Sell it. Take the money. Find someone in need. 
and give it to them. Or go even bigger. Do a garage sale. And not your junk. But things that you value. And find someone. They're there. Or go to the barns. That's from last week's parable of your bank account. And withdraw a portion of your savings. I'm serious. And find someone in need. And watch and see what will happen to your anxiety. It's therapy. Do we believe this? Will we live by this? What is the undergirding principle of Jesus? Kingdom economy? How do you seek his kingdom? Sell your possessions and give to the poor. You're going to see it come up again and again in this series. The second principle of Jesus' kingdom economy is provide, he says it, I'm just using his words here, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail for where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. Instead of investing in all of these things for yourself here on this earth, which is only creating greater and greater and greater anxiety and worry, invest your life, your money, and your possessions first and foremost in that which is eternal in God's economy eternal kingdom purposes and just trust God and I believe that one of the reasons why too many of us don't regularly and faithfully give to God's church with our tithes and offerings because we lack faith we struggle to trust God so we hold on and we gain more And the anxiety and the worry just becomes more and more magnified. I wish that I could turn back time and be there with Karen to speak to this precious girl. And I'm certain at the end of our conversation, Karen and I would have prayed with her Because in Philippians 4, we have these words, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Listen to this promise, and the peace of God, which just blows your mind, which transcends, more eloquently spoken, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's a promise from God as you turn to him in prayer with the burdens of anxiety you carry we can't turn back time and have that conversation and have that prayer but we can have it now we can have it now what are you worrying about evidently a bunch of us are what's the burden of anxiety that you're carrying As we enter into this song, I want to encourage you to do what God says. Lift it up to Him in prayer. I want to encourage you to seek out our shepherds who are here and and look to them and reach out to them as well in prayer. Or if you know someone that needs a hug or a prayer this morning, to go to them. And as I said, how do you seek His kingdom? The first step is to to enter into His kingdom. If you've never been born born again into His kingdom. You want to begin that journey. Talk to us. Let's stand together and go into this time of prayer. Father, we receive these words from you. 
healing words. Let them go forth. Let them heal. Let them relieve our burdens. And we embrace now, in Jesus' name, your promise. That you will give us a peace that transcends understanding when we look to you and trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.